We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. That's where we're going to get to our main text. But as I said earlier, we use the phrase, God answers prayer. And when you make a statement like that, God answers prayer, the people of God say amen. And when you look in the Word of God, the Bible backs that statement up. You look at these verses on the screen, Jeremiah 29, 12 tells us, You shall call upon me and you shall go and pray to me and I will hearken or I will listen to you. Jeremiah 33 and 3, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you knowest not. Matthew 6 and 6, But you, when you prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door... Pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Sounds like God answers prayer. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask, and it might be given to you. Is that what it says? It shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. There's no mites or maybes in there. Right? Matthew 7, 11. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? And then John 14, 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. These verses are very plain. That God hears us when we pray. And God answers when we pray. Can you see that? Very clear, isn't it? Very plain. That God hears and answers prayer. You want to write this reference down, Matthew 6 and 8 even tells us that He knows what we need even before we ask. That's how good God is, that even before we utter a prayer, even before we say anything, He knows what we need. But as I asked you earlier, have you ever felt as though you were doing a lot of asking and seeking that God wasn't answering I mean, if we're honest this morning, we have to admit that prayer can be frustrating. And prayer can be disappointing. The truth is, sometimes our reality doesn't always line up with what the Bible says about prayer. We ask, but we don't seem to be receiving. We're knocking, but it doesn't seem like the door is open. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? We ask, but God doesn't seem to answer. We pray about a need, but nothing changes. We pray to be healed, but we remain sick. And here's the thing. We quote the verses, by His stripes we're healed. We believe that healing's been provided. And we pray, and yet we still are sick in body. We pray for our situation to change, but it doesn't change. We pray for a financial need to be met, and yet the finances don't come in. Am I talking to myself this morning? 
we'll be honest, we have to admit that there are times that we feel like prayer doesn't work. That you pray, you cry, you fast, you weep, and God is silent. You do everything you know to do. You examine your life, you say, God, is there any sin in me? Is there any actions, any attitudes, anything that dishonors you, anything that is a a reproach to you, and you confess it and you deal with it, you ask God for forgiveness, and yet nothing... He stays silent. Your situation doesn't change. Is that anybody this morning? That's some of you in your very situation today. That you've been praying about something for weeks and months and it's still the same. I know, I'm there. I'm frustrated today. I don't, let me be honest, I don't feel like being here today. And if I could be honest and transparent, sometimes I feel let down by God and let down by prayer. And if I could be so transparent, sometimes I feel like I'd be better off talking to that wall. Some of you can't handle this honestly today, but that's how I feel. Sometimes I feel just like prayer doesn't work. And you feel that way too. Because you pray for kids and grandkids to be saved, you've been praying for years for them. And they're just as hateful and mean and wicked as they've ever been. You've prayed for marriages to stay together and they still fell apart. And it's like, God, are you listening? I mean, He doesn't... He doesn't slumber. He don't take vacations. So what's the deal, God? God, you give me promise after promise in your word that you hear, you answer, you respond. And I'm doing all these things. Why aren't you doing anything? And sometimes it's not miracles that we need. It's just simple things. God, I just need help making a decision. I just need a little bit of wisdom so I don't do something stupid. And you know what he does? He says, nothing. And you can open the Bible and read and read and read. And not getting nothing. Are you depressed yet? Or do you understand? Well, if we're all on the same page this morning, if that's how you feel, 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7, verse 8. And lest I should be exalted above measure for the abundance of the revelations that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Look at verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord Christ that it might depart from me. So the first thing I want us to notice there on your notes is the pain. Paul says that he's been given a thorn in the flesh. Now if you read the context of this chapter, you'll see that Paul's been caught up to the third heaven. He said whether in the body, out of the body, I don't know. But caught up to the third heaven. He's had visions and revelations. He's heard inexpressible words that are not lawful for a man to utter. So he's had this great, grand, glorious experience with God. And I believe Paul had a problem with pride and so he's to keep me from being exalted to keep me from becoming conceited there was given me this thorn in the flesh now when we think about a thorn we think of a splinter maybe something you get from a rose bush or a briar patch and if you've ever had a splinter in your finger or a splinter get in your hand you know it can irritate you and it can kind of pester you But that's not what Paul is talking about here. This word thorn, it refers to a wooden stake. Something that you would impale another person on. And so when Paul talks about having a thorn in the flesh, he's referring to something that is excruciating. Something that is very painful. It was like an ongoing crucifixion that he's having to deal with. And so it is a very painful thing that Paul is dealing with. But not only is it a, a very painful thing, it is a... A physical thing. He said it's a thorn in the flesh. And so most likely it is a physical infirmity that he's dealing with. It's something that is coming against his body. In fact, many people think that he had a problem with his eyesight. In fact, in Galatians chapter 6, I believe it is, he talks about, see with what large letters I write unto you, many that he had a problem seeing. We also know from other places in Scripture that Paul had a, 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 a... A physical appearance that wasn't very impressive. In fact, many people think that Paul was sort of a hunchback, that he kind of hunched over when he walked, and so he wasn't very impressive to look at. In fact, he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been shipwrecked, he's he's had a lot of hardship, and so he probably wasn't very pretty to look at. So he had some physical problems, and so he's had a physical problem. Maybe his eyesight, maybe... Malaria, epilepsy, something of that nature. But it's something that afflicts his physical man. But it's also a persistent pain. He says, this thorn has been given to me to buffet me. To harass me, to beat me. Literally it means to punch me. But that word buffet, it's in the present tense and the active voice. Now that... I, I just know that because I can read a Strong's commentary. And that don't fall to us. But that lets us know that it was persistent pain, that it was an ongoing affliction. That when this problem came into his life, when he uh, received this thorn, it came to stay. That it, it didn't just come for a day, it didn't just come for a week, it didn't just come for a month. That when he received this thorn, it came to stay. 
And the text even tells us that he sought God three times. He pleaded with God three times for this affliction to leave. And it didn't leave. And I would say to us this morning that many times the things that we've been called to adore, endure, it may not be over in an hour. It may not be over in a day, even a week, a month, or a year. That sometimes the things that God has called us to endure, sometimes the problems and trials that we face for God's reasons that He knows, sometimes last for a while. Sometimes the life don't just go away. They last. And it's persistent pain. It's persistent heartache. It's persistent problems. And they last sometimes to the end of our life. Amen? And I want to just say to you today that if you've been battling something for some time, don't be depressed and don't be discouraged because it could be that God's using that thorn in your life for His purpose in your life. Because Paul says, lest I be exalted above measure, this thorn was given to me. He said this thorn is actually a gift given to me to keep me from being proud, to keep me from being puffed up, to keep me from being exalted. You see, sometimes we want to curse our crisis. You see, sometimes we want to curse our problem and we want to get out of it. We want immediate relief, but sometimes the thing that brings into our life is God using it to make us people He wants us to be. And so if God brought us immediate relief, we'd never be all that God wants us to be. Amen? So that's the pain. But I want you to notice secondly with me, the prayer. The prayer. We see the persistence of Paul's prayer. The text tells us that he pleaded with God. He besought the Lord three times to have this thorn removed. So he's, he's begging God. He's imploring God to have this thorn removed. He wants out of the pain. He wants out of the affliction. He wants the thorn to be gone from his life. And here's the thing. He didn't just pray about it once and quit. He prayed about it two times. He prayed about it three times. He's begging God, seeking God, wanting help. He prayed persistently. He understood that if he wanted relief, that if he wanted help, he had to go to God. Can I just say to us today, it's okay to take your pain and your problems to God in prayer. It's okay to ask God for the problem to be over with. It's okay to pray for relief. It's okay to pray for help. It's okay to pray for deliverance. It's okay to ask God to remove the thorn. Amen? It's okay to pray with persistence. It's okay to cry out to God more than once. You know, some people say if you pray about something more than one time, that, that shows lack of faith. No, you need to be persistent. You need to keep going to God, imploring God, saying, God, I need you to intervene. God, I need you to help. I need you to step and pray with persistence. It's okay to simply ask God and beg God, I need you to intervene in my life. You see, Paul's prayer teaches us that it's okay to reach out to God in our affliction. Let me ask you, where else are you going to go? Who else are you going to turn to? Who else can do in your life what you need done? Listen, you might go to friends, but they'll let you down. You might go to doctors, but they can't do what you need to be done. You might need to be set free. You might need to be loose, but they can't do what God can do. It's okay to cry out to God for 
problem with Paul's prayer. He pleaded with God three times. And God didn't take it away. I believe Paul was a man of prayer. Because I remember in Acts chapter 16 that Paul and Silas about midnight prayed and sang praises. And God sent an earthquake and loosed their chains and opened the prison doors. I read about Paul in the book of Acts where handkerchiefs were taken from his body and sick people got healed and demons came out of people. I remember just reading the other day where Paul, he's preaching until midnight. He, he, he's a long-winded preacher. If you think I'm bad, Paul was bad. And there was a man named Eutychus sitting in the windowsill who drifted off to sleep because Paul got long-winded. And he fell out the window. And he fell down and was dead. And Paul went down to him and fell on him and said, don't, don't panic, don't worry. Life is in him. Paul could get a hold of God. But for some reason... Paul begs God three times, remove this thorn. And he can't pray his thorn away. This might mess up some of his theology today, but there's going to be some things you may not be able to pray away. If God has ordained it to be in your life, you can pray and speak in tongues, and do all your confessions. But if God wants it in your life, you can't pray it away. The thorn was given to him. And he begged God. But he couldn't pray it away. Because here's the thing, he was better off with the thorn than without it. You see, many times we think we're better off without the problem. But in reality, you're better off with it. Because God, let me just say this, pain makes you dependent on God. Problems makes you look to God. And many times it's through pain that God gets the most glory. And we don't like that. You see, the thing is, God might not take away your sickness and heal your body when you pray. I believe God's a healer. I know what it says that by His stripes we're healed, but let me just say this, the greatest healing that God ever gave me was when He saved me and took away my sins. And here's the thing. When I get to heaven, all infirmity is going to be gone. God may not deliver you. James was beheaded in the book of Acts, but Peter was delivered when the people prayed. What you gonna do with it? 
Was Peter any better off than James? God may not change your situation. I mean, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the heroes of faith, and there were those that, yes, they saw the walls of Jericho fall, they saw great deliverance, they saw great miracles, but others were stoned. They were sown in two. And yet the Bible says they weren't worthy of this world. God had something better for them. Let me just say this about faith. Faith doesn't always help you escape what you're going through. Sometimes it just helps you endure what you're going through. And that goes against the very teaching of all this faith crowd. That says if you just have faith and you just proclaim it, everything's going to be good. You can't tell that to Peter. You can't tell that to Paul. You can't tell that to the people of the Bible. Because listen, they've seen more miracles than most of us have. And they lost their heads. And Paul didn't lose his thorn. We're no better than they are. What makes us think we get to escape problems if they didn't? okay this morning so he prayed and God didn't take it away let me just say this Jesus couldn't pray away the cross he saw on the Thursday the other way take this cup from me he couldn't pray the cross away think Jesus could get a hold of God but he said, not my will, but your will be done. Because here's the thing. Prayer is not about your will. It's about the will of God. In fact, let me, let, let, I want to say this just right. Let me get up here to my notes. The power of prayer is not for God to will what you want, but for you to want what God wills. Let me say that again. The power of prayer is not for God to will what you want, but you, for you to want what God wills. So does prayer change things? Yes. But it's not always about changing your situation or my situation. It's about changing us. So that we want what God wants. Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. You see, God has a will and it's in heaven. And He wants that done on earth. It's not my will. It's His will. And God's will was for Paul to have the thorn. John Phillips said this, Paul's petitions were overruled by God who knows best, makes no mistakes, and loves us with love beyond degree. Do you think God makes a mistake? Listen, if God says no to you and God shuts you down and leaves you in your stuff, do you think God made a mistake? No. God knows what's best for us. And listen, there's going to be times God says no, and there's going to be times that God appears to do nothing and say nothing. And I just want to ask you this this morning. Will you trust Him when He says no? Will you trust Him when He is silent? Will you trust Him when you've been begging for help and He does nothing? See, that's what faith is. Faith is trusting Him when you can't see Him. 
when you can't hear Him, and when you can't feel Him. Faith is trusting Him and you don't know what He's up to and you don't know where He's at. Hear me this morning. Faith says, even if I don't know where God is, He knows where I am. Faith says, I, I, God, I don't know where you are, but I know that you know where I'm at. Let me give you this third thing. You've got the pain, the prayer, but thirdly, you've got the promise. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength, referring to God's strength, is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, the presence of a thorn doesn't mean the absence of God. The presence of a thorn doesn't mean the absence of God. Just because you've got a thorn, just because you've got a problem, just because you're dealing with affliction doesn't mean that God has left you high and dry. He may not be saying a whole lot, He may not be doing a whole lot, but it doesn't mean that God is not there. Paul receives the promise here of sufficient grace. Sufficient grace. Sustaining grace. You see, God didn't remove the, the thorn. He may not remove our thorn. But He's promised grace. God tells him, My grace is sufficient for you. God basically tells Paul, I know you want deliverance, but my grace is all you need. Paul, I know you want out of it. I know you're wanting relief. I know you want an end to your suffering. But my grace is all you need. Basically, he tells him, my grace is greater than your pain. How many believe that this morning? That the grace of God is greater than your pain. The grace of God is greater than your suffering. Some of you don't believe it. Because you're thinking, Pastor, I'm hurting. Pastor, I'm broken. I'm, I'm, I'm battered. I'm bruised. I'm, I, I'm shattered. My world's falling down. Listen, the grace of God is greater than your pain. Rest in His grace. It will sustain you. It will strengthen you. What is grace? Grace is God's provision for every need when we need it. And there's never a shortage of grace. His grace never ends. His grace never runs out. You see, if His grace is sufficient to save us, it's sufficient to keep us and sustain us in times of suffering. God told Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, sometimes God permits us to become weak so that we might receive His strength. How many want the power of God to rest on your life? That means God has to allow us to become weak. That's what He said, Paul. I'll gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Paul is saying that if it takes my thorn to make me weak so that the power of God can rest on me, I'll boast in my thorn. I'll boast in my weaknesses. Because I want God's power on my life. God will give us grace for every situation. He'll give us grace for every need. Grace to overcome sin, to overcome temptation. Grace to endure suffering. Grace to endure disappointment. Grace to endure pain. His grace is sufficient.
His grace is all we need. The reality is, we've only made it this far and this long in life because of grace. The fact is, many of us would have thrown in the towel years ago if not for grace. Amen? If not for grace, where would I be? If not for grace, I would have given up. I would have called it quits. But grace has kept me. Grace has strengthened me. Grace has sustained me. Because I'm not that strong on my own. But when I come to the end of myself, there's something else that takes over. That's why even being frustrated at times with prayer, even being frustrated with God, even getting mad, I can still keep on. Because when I get to the end of me, there's something else that keeps me going. Or to give it another name, it's Jesus. Because grace is synonymous with Jesus. He was full of grace and grace. As I close, you might be going through a trying time this morning. You're here, you feel bruised, you're battered. Feel beaten, discouraged, afraid, cried out. You want God to deliver you. You want God to put an end to your suffering. You want God to put an end to your misery. You want just a little bit of relief. Some of you have said this week, God, I just want some peace of mind. Some of you said this week, God, I. I, I, I just want to be rid of this anxiety. I just want to be rid of this worry. I want to be rid of this, this fear. Some of you are worried about family and you, you, you want that anxiety to leave. Some of you are worried about health issues and you want that, that anxiety to leave because you don't know what the doctor is going to say. You don't know what the test is going to reveal. God's not saying anything. You're not receiving any great revelation from Him. You open up His Bible and nothing. I know how you feel. I'll just be transparent for a moment. I, 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 I've got my family. I've got my kids. One in college. I've got another one. That's be a, a junior, senior next year. Listen. Raising teenagers, it ain't cheap. College kid, one a junior. Both of them now with license. Just imagine insurance. Car payment and all that other stuff. It ain't cheap. 
And many of you know, I, I've, I've looked for a job, I've applied, I've only had internet, I've applied for several jobs. Probably five, six, seven different jobs. I've only had one interview. I've said, God, why? But I'm trying to provide for my family. Trying to better my household. I'm not trying to just put more money in my pocket for the sake of putting more money in my pocket. Trying to provide for my household and do better for my family and, and can even give more to the church through tithes. I think my motives are pure, Miss Vicky. And I've only had one interview and didn't get the job. And I'm like, God, why? And you know what I heard? Absolutely nothing. God, why aren't you opening another door? Know what I heard? Absolutely nothing. And so I do what we Christians do. You pray, God, I, God help me financially. God help me. And you know what's happened? Absolutely nothing. But I know He's God. And that's all I have to stand on is that I know He's God. And I'll keep praying. Whether he responds now, or he responds later, or he never responds. I'll just have to trust him with my life. Because he knows what's best. And if the disciples had to give up everything to follow him, why should I have to be any different if I have to give up everything to follow him? But here's the thing. I can go to Him and I can find grace to have some time with me. Because He may not deliver me, but He'll give me grace to get to me. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time. Maybe today you might say, Preacher, I need some grace. I need some grace. I, I, just, I just need some sustaining grace. I just need some strength from God. Because I've been praying and God hasn't been doing anything in my life. God's not showing up like I want Him to show up. I just want strength from God. If that's you today, I want you to stand with me.